Hi everyone, this is Dan and welcome to the Rapid Boards Review Podcast. In this podcast, it is our goal to review high-yield boards concepts with you in a format that is easy to listen to on the go. We are not a textbook and we are not a question bank, but we are an audio boards review resource that will go over high-yield boards associations with you in a question and answer format. This is episode number 12 of the podcast and episode 1 of our Step 1 Review Heme Onk series. In this episode, we present a framework for understanding all the anemias that are high yield for the Step 1 examination. This is not a question and answer episode, but it sets the stage for a bunch of future episodes that will give you questions and answers related to anemias. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, I sincerely hope that this podcast is useful. So whenever I try and get a framework for a topic, I always like to take a step back and just think about why are we talking about this topic. So let's look at anemia. So before we talk about anemia, I want to start at hypoxia. And the definition of hypoxia is low O2 delivery to the tissue. Now, okay, why is low O2 delivery to the tissue bad? That's because you decrease oxidative phosphorylation and that leads to cellular injury due to lack of ATP. So we have this thing called hypoxia. And there's only three ways that you can get hypoxia. Remember, hypoxia is low O2 delivery to tissues. The first way is ischemia. Ischemia is decreased blood flow to an organ, and you can get this through like atherosclerosis because it decreases the arterial perfusion. You can get this through shock where you get low blood pressure, and that just leads to low overall perfusion. So the first type is ischemia. The second type is hypoxemia, which means you have a low partial pressure of oxygen, and classically this is defined as less than 60 Uh, millimeters of mercury. And you can get hypoxemia at a really high altitude because the atmospheric pressure is really low there. You can also get it from hypoventilation. So for example, if you have a really high BMI or if you have an opioid overdose. Okay, so just again, taking a step back, we have hypoxia, which is low O2 delivery to the tissues. The first way you can get that is ischemia, which is decreased blood flow. The second way is hypoxemia, which is a low partial pressure of oxygen. And the third one is a decreased oxygen carrying capacity. And remember, the molecule that carries oxygen is hemoglobin. So this is due to hemoglobin loss or hemoglobin dysfunction. And the chief reason that you could have a decreased O2 carrying capacity is because of anemia. So if we're taking our step back here, hypoxia is low O2 delivery to the tissue. There's three ways you can get low O2 delivery, ischemia, hypoxemia, and decreased O2 carrying capacity. And anemia falls into that third bucket of decreased O2 carrying capacity. Um, And just to throw it in there, for example, carbon monoxide poisoning is another reason of decreased O2 carrying capacity because carbon monoxide has a much higher affinity to hemoglobin than oxygen. Okay, so what exactly is anemia? Anemia is a reduction in red blood cell mass, but red blood cell mass is really hard to measure. So we usually use surrogates. And there's three surrogates we use the most, and one of them is probably the most popular, that being hemoglobin. Uh, But there's also hematocrit and uh, red blood cell count. And anemia, uh, you know, you're going to get lab values on step one, but I think these are just really crucial to remember. Um, Anemia is generally defined based on hemoglobin levels, and in males, it's defined as less than 13.5, and in females, it's defined as less than 12.5. Okay, so we've basically established anemia. We said it's a cause of hypoxia, decreased O2 carrying capacity, and we said that it's generally defined by a low hemoglobin. Now, let's dive into all the types of anemias and a framework for understanding them very briefly. So when you think of anemia, the first thing I want to look at is the mean corpuscular volume, the MCV. And if you could put your anemia into one of these buckets under MCV, uh, you're already setting yourself up for success on a test question. So 
Um, a normal MCV is between 80 and 100. And I was once told a trick where it's like, you know, if you're getting a test uh, results back, between 80 and 100 is like a pretty good score. Because, you know, if you get less than 80, you're in C territory. But if you get better than 80, it's B or A. So if you can remember that 80 to 100 is normal, then you can remember that an MCV of 80 to 100 is normocytic. And then less than 80, of course, is microcytic. And greater than 80, or greater than 100, rather, is macrocytic. Um, and this is measured by the MCV, or the mean corpuscular volume. And corpuscular, you could think of the word corpse, which is like a body. So it's like basically the size of the body of the red blood cell. And uh, let's start with microcytic. So microcytic, we said the MCV is less than 80. There's really only four types that are super high yield for step, and that's really it. Iron deficiency anemia, anemia of chronic disease, sideroblastic anemia, and thalassemia. And of course, thalassemia has the alpha and beta. Now, before I dive into like the best way to think about all the different microcytics, I like asking myself, well, why are these microcytic in the first place? And I heard this really good explanation from Pathoma that I would like to just explain to you. Remember that cells want to try and maintain a constant hemoglobin concentration as much as possible. But we said that in microcytic anemias, there is some sort of decreased production of hemoglobin. And so the cells, they're going to divide an extra time to maintain that hemoglobin concentration. And that extra division makes them smaller, and by definition, that's an MCV of less than 80. So let's break down the word hemoglobin. The two parts of hemoglobin are heme and globin. And heme only has two parts itself. It's iron and protoporphyrin. Um, and globin has two parts itself. It has two alpha chains and two beta chains. So if you can keep this framework in mind for what hemoglobin is made of, you can remember all four of the types of microcytic anemia so easily. So let's look at the first part. So we said hemoglobin breaks up into heme. Heme breaks into iron and protoporphyrin. So iron, of course, one of the types of microcytia, uh, microcytic anemia is iron deficiency anemia. And the second one is anemia of chronic disease. And that's because in chronic disease, your cells are trying to hide iron from the blood. So just by knowing that heme breaks down into iron, you've already got two of them. Now the next one's protoporphyrin. Um, and in the protoporphyrin production pathway, if that's messed up along any of the steps, you're going to get a sideroblastic anemia. So iron has the iron deficiency anemia and anemia chronic disease, and protoporphyrin has sideroblastic anemia. And of course we have the globin. Globin breaks up into two alpha chains and two beta chains. If the two alpha chains are messed up, that's an alpha thalassemia. If the two beta chains are messed up, that's a beta thalassemia. So right off the bat, all we did was break down the word hemoglobin, and we derived all the types of microcytic anemias that are super high yield for step. So let's take a step back. Um, again, we're talking about anemias. We just went over the microcytics, which are MCV less than 80. Let's just go over the normocytics, 80 through 100. And you know, there's so many normocytic anemias, but again, if we could put them into buckets on test day, your answers, or the correct answers that you're going to be thinking of in your head are going to be super limited because you're going to be able to go down this decision tree and be able to pick the right one. So with the normocytic anemia, um, it could really only be due to two things. Either the red blood cells are being destroyed or the red blood cells are being underproduced. So then you ask yourself the question, okay, how can we figure out if this is due to red blood cell destruction or if this is due to underproduction? And the answer is you have to calculate the corrected reticulocyte count. And if you could remember this, it's reticulocyte count times hematocrit over 45. Um, and that is the corrected reticulocyte count. And 
you can imagine that if your bone marrow is responding well, your reticulocyte cell count is going to be high. If your bone marrow is not responding well, your reticulocyte cell count is going to be low. And you know, there's a lot of different numbers that they throw around for the corrected reticulocyte count, um, but I generally use the number three. If it's greater than 3%, you have a good bone marrow response, which means that it's due to red blood cell destruction. If you have less than 3%, that's a bad bone marrow response, which means that it's probably due to underproduction. So again, taking a step back, we have our normocytic anemias, MCV between 80 and 100. It's only due to two things, red blood cell destruction or underproduction. And you could differentiate those by calculating the corrected reticulocyte count. If it's greater than 3, it's due to destruction. If it's less than 3, it's due to underproduction. And then, of course, within the destruction category, it could either be destroyed in the vessels or not in the vessels. If it's in the vessels, that's called intravascular destruction, and you're going to have all the characteristic low haptoglobin, schistocytes, hemoglobinuria. If it's extravascular, extravascular destruction, it's not going to be destroyed in the vessels, so you're not going to have that low haptoglobin and the schistocytes. Um, and that's an easy way to differentiate between intravascular and extravascular. All right. So again, going back, so we said anemia, we went over the microcytics, we broke down the word hemoglobin to get to our four. Then we went to the normocytics, we differentiated them between red blood cell destruction and underproduction, and we categorized it based on calculating the corrected reticulocyte count. Now the macrocytics are a breeze. This is again an MCV greater than 100, and there are a bunch of macrocytic anemias, but to be honest, like 80% of the questions are just on folate deficiency and vitamin B12 deficiency. Those are the two most common macrocytic anemias. And the question is, okay, how do I differentiate between these two? Um, there's actually three very simple ways to. So the folate deficiency, folate stores for months at a time. Vitamin B12 stores for years at a time. So vitamin B12 is over a longer time period. Lab values. Um, in folate deficiency, of course, you're going to have a low folate, and you're going to have a normal methylmalonic acid. In vitamin B12, you're going to have, of course, a low vitamin B12, but you're going to have a high methylmalonic acid, and it is the methylmalonic acid that is able to distinguish between these two anemias on lab values. Symptom-wise, vitamin B12 deficiency has neurologic symptoms, and specifically, that's the subacute combined degeneration of the spinal cord. Folate does not have this. So again, taking a step back, macrocytic anemias, MCV greater than 100, they're differentiated in three ways. Vitamin B12, it takes longer to deplete. It's on a year basis. Folate's on a month basis. Vitamin B12, high methylmalonic acid. Folate, normal methylmalonic acid. Vitamin B12, neurosymptoms, specifically subacute combined degeneration of the spinal cord. Folate, no, no neurosymptoms at all. All right, so that was a very broad overview of all the anemias that you need to know. Um, of course, we're going to dive into some more specifics when we go over the anemia questions, but I really hope that this framework can help you out. Just remember, always think about MCV. Remember that a good grade on a test is between 80 and 100. That'll help you get into that microcytic, normocytic, macrocytic bucket. Remember the four macrocytic anemias that you can get simply by breaking down the word hemoglobin. For normocytic, remember that red blood cell destruction versus underproduction is your first set on the decision tree, and that's calculated by the corrected reticulocyte count. And for macrocytic, just remember the distinctions between folate and B12. All right, 
Thank you so much for listening to this framework episode. I hope you found this content useful. And as always, be prepared for some questions in future episodes on anemias. Thank you.